but is wise. Now, let me just ask you in this place, who wants to be a fool? You know, who wants when, 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 when somebody looks at you, they think, well, that's a fool. I, th- I think we'd all bristle up, but, but he says, I, don't walk like fools walk. It's foolish to, to walk in immorality. It's, it's, it's foolish to walk in with covetous desires and selfish desires. It's foolish to walk in the darkness when we have been brought into the light, but he's not stopped there because he continues on. And he says these words. So if, See then that you walk carefully or, or circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise with understanding what the will of the Lord is. You see, if we're not to act as a fool, we need to be good stewards of God's time. Let's pray. The Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Father, to you take these words and God, you'd bless them in the name of our Lord. God, this is a matter that, that deals with every day within our lives, every moment, every second, in a very practical way. And Father, I want, I, I want to be a better steward of your time. Father, I want to, to, to make the most of what you have given me in the days that I've had left. I admit, Father, I, I confess to you today, Lord, God, I, I've wasted a lot of time in my life. But God, I want to thank you for the redemption of Christ. And Father, I just pray that, God, that I can be faithful as well as those who are hearing this word can be faithful in the days ahead to God that we would make the most of out of every minute that you've given us. So God bless this time. Use this for your glory. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. And again, the Apostle Paul writes these words. So then that you walk circumspectly or carefully. Be careful how you walk out there. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, basically what he's saying right here, if you are not a good time manager with that which God has given you, then really we're walking as fools. None of us wants to to be called that. None of us want to be known as that. And so therefore we have to allow the word of God to begin to, to speak to our lives and to shine his light upon our lives. Folks, God has made every one of us managers of the time that he's given us. I think about my mom, uh, uh, that something that she said, and, and she, I heard her say this years and years ago, and with technology, because my mom and, and um, her generation, can you imagine the technology boom that, that the generation of my mom and, and some of you have seen? I mean, my mom and dad um, never had electricity in, 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 you know, in, in a home growing up, and even raising my my um, older brothers and sisters did not get, you know, uh, electricity, you know, in their homes until until the mid fifties. You know, telephone was not a part of their life. You know, they couldn't even imagine computers or, or television, um, especially color television. And but all the all the things that came my mom's way, I heard my mom say, "You know what? The greatest invention that's ever been made." Now, this, now, first of all, you have to understand the context. This is coming from a woman. 
Okay? <clears throat> and, but, and I had heard, heard her say this more than, more than one time. Matter of fact, I heard her t- say it multiple times. Got you thinking, don't you? What's the greatest invention that, from a woman's perspective, has ever been made? And she said, without a doubt, it was the washing machine. <laughs> you see, because my mom remembered the days that, that it, it took an entire day to wash the family's clothes. As a matter of fact, what day was that, ladies? Monday, washing Monday. Now, again, for the younger generation, you don't even have a, a concept of what I'm saying. But, but it, you know, on Mondays, it, it, that was set aside an entire day of the week to, to wash the family's clothes. And then, Mama, you know, from Mama's perspective, to have a washing machine, something that I could put clothes in and walk away and then come back later that I could kind of wash as I go, how much time did that save me as a woman and how much effort? But then there's time savers all around us, you know. You, you think about the electric oven. There, you know, you, you think about in the past when they, when they cooked on, on stoves that were, were made by wood. Did anybody do that, cook under a wood stove? I, you know, there, there's people sitting right here today that, that do that. I, I mean, somebody had to cut that wood. Somebody had to go out in the morning to bring that wood in. Someone had to take the time to start the fire, folks. That takes a while. And, and just the time it took to have an electric stove that you could save, that you could turn on and a burner would get hot in just a few, few minutes. And you can just imagine the, the amounts of technology that's coming to our world that, that for the purpose of saving us more time. I rode in yesterday to see my, my sister who was in, in the hospital and you know, I, I went, I had some breakfast with, with some friends and fellowship with them and then came by the church and then rode into Jacksonville to see my sister. I'd done all this before 2 o'clock. And folks, and, and I was sitting there coming back and coming back home to do some more work to come back. Um, and I sit there watching on 95, just masses of cars coming down and think about all those cars are busy going somewhere. But folks, there was no way... 75 years ago, for me to get up and have breakfast with someone, to, to come to the church, then go to Jacksonville, to, to, to see someone in the hospital, to come back, to work in my yards, and then come back to church, because I would not have the transportation. And so can you imagine how much time that saved me, that all the things I was able to, to supposedly get done yesterday? But... With all this time that we're saving, we're probably the busiest society that's ever lived, wondering, where's the time? As a matter of fact, we've gotten so busy as a society that we don't even have time for God anymore. And it was almost that if God has to walk up to us and, and pat us on the shoulders and say, hey, do you have a minute? Do you have a minute to spare? And folks, if we begin to leave God out of our life and we begin to leave the important things out of our life, then I think that we have to agree that we're much too busy. And that's what I want us to speak on this morning, that we need to stop and we need to, to, to look at this commodity that God has given us. It's called time. And how are we doing that within our lives? 
Because Paul says very, very clearly as he was talking, if we we're to walk as, uh, um, as followers of God, if we we're to walk as children of God, if we we're to walk as, as, as children of the light, yes, we're, we're not to live ourselves in, in a moral way or covetous way, but also that part of that is, is while we're doing that, and because when he's talking about redeeming the time, he's putting it in the context of our walk, he says, you need to redeem the time. You need to make the most out of every opportunity. As a matter of fact, the word redeem is an accounting word. Now, within your money, you want to make the most of your last penny. You want to stretch the dollar. And that's what the Apostle Paul is using in the idea here of redeeming the time, is you need to stretch that time that God has given you. Folks, I, I will openly admit to you there's times in my life that I'm a terrible time manager. There's, 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 there's segments within my life that, that I do a terrible job of stretching the time that God has given me, and I've wasted so much and too much of my life. And as I speak that to you, I just believe that because peoples are people, that most of you that are sitting here this morning would have to agree that I've wasted a lot of the precious time that God has given me on frivolous things. We don't think about that very often, but folks, God speaks very, very specifically about that. God has called us to be good stewards over time. And, and, and to be able to do that, to make the most of our times, there's a few things that we need to do within our lives. We, we, we first need to do is, is just we need to admit and to acknowledge the limitations of our time. Folks, time is not a commodity that is, that is unending. It's not a renewable resource. As a matter of fact, the psalmist says, he says in Psalms 90, 12, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. What the psalmist says is for every single one of us, there's certain, there's just a certain number of days. Mike, there's certain numbers of days within your life. There's a certain numbers of days within my life. Brother Willard, there's a certain amount of days within your life. Am I going to just waste them away? Am I going to be foolish? The psalmist says, Lord, teach me to number my days, to recognize that, that my life is not limited to realize that I only have a certain amount of time to work with so that I can walk in wisdom. Wow. Because our time is limited. It's limited in a very macro way in, 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 in two areas. First of all, it's limited by death. The Bible teaches us it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment that every one of you and me have an appointment with death. Every one of us. Every one of us, our days are numbered. Right now there's a clock a-ticking, and, 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 and every time that, that clock ticks, you're closer to that appointed time. No one would define that because we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is death, and, and death is part of a culture of a broken world. Boy, in my family, we've dealt with that tremendously recently. The, 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 the death of our, my father-in-law, Miss Dorothy Sutton, the, the death of my mother. 
And I'm telling you, that's one thing about it when you come and you're at a funeral. You have to realize death is real. I mean, you can deny that. That's why, parents, it's important for your children to go to, to go to funeral homes and go to funerals. Don't keep their, your children away from that. They need to learn death is real. That, that's just part of life, and trying to shun them away from that is shunning them away from reality. And, and I remember a couple of weeks ago, I'd gotten so busy that, that I finally, one of me went out to the, uh, to the cemetery. And, and that was the first time it really hit me. Both my mom and dad that I remember in all their vigor and all their, you know, and there was no one. My mom worked off about, you know, about three hours of sleep a night. She literally did. I mean, she was revved up high and my daddy maybe two hours. They were turned up high. And they were always busy and, 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 and to the very end. But now as I sit, I had to come under the realization they're both dead. And folks, that hit me like a rock. They're gone. One lived 82 years, and, and Daddy lived a long life for his family. A very productive life. My mom lived just a few days short of 90. Very long lives within, within this world. But folks, that's nothing compared to eternity. And so death is, is, is limited. It's, I mean, or, or life is limited. It's limited by death, and every one of us are going to pay that. We're going to look up, and, and that's going to be us one day. It's also limited by the return of Christ. If, if God so chooses and, 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 and sends his son, Jesus is coming again one day. And when Jesus is coming into the, um, today, then time as we know it is going to stop because we're going to step into eternity. And, and the Bible is full of the promises of the return of Jesus Christ. So if, if he tarries and we're going we're to have the limit of time within death, but if he comes back, folks, we're going to be caught up into eternity at that particular time. And the Bible teaches us about the return of Christ, two basic truths. And, we, you know, we can all kind of argue and, and, and our different interpretations when Jesus is coming in. But one, two things that's very, very sure about the return of Christ, he is coming again, and when he comes, you better be ready. I, I mean, we can all agree upon that. The Bible is very, very clear, clear on that. I mean, we can have some differences of opinion when and how it's all going to take place, but, but he is coming again, and, 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 and you better be ready. Because the Bible says he's going to come at a time that's unexpected. It's not like we're going to put it on our daytime and say, well, Jesus is coming on, you know, on, on, on April the 23rd of 2019. So, you know, I had this time. No, I don't know that. He said the Son of Man is going to come at a time you don't expect. Ooh, that makes it pretty easy. I remember sitting one time in a movie and, and probably the last R-rated movie I ever sat in my life. And I was watching, that was years ago. And um, I was sitting in there and um, matter of fact, it was, I ordered to know, you know, or to, you know, I, I try to be pious, but when you go to a same movie called Risky Business, you ought to know that it, it ain't good. And I got to sit in there watching that thing and, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, what if Jesus came right now, you know, and I poked one to Sue and I said, what if Jesus came right now? And she says, well, you've messed up the whole movie. So we got up and, <coughs> and we walked out. And I passed all those other church members coming in, you know. <laughs> but do you think like that? Time's limited, folks. Jesus could come anytime. 
in a time unexpected. And he says when he comes, he's going to come in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. It's not like he's going to give a, a big trumpet call and say, okay, tomorrow afternoon I'm going to be here, so get yourself ready. No, folks, in the moment of the twinkling of an eye, when Jesus comes, he's there. Where, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, time is going to come to an end when Jesus comes. Wow. So time, uh, we need to come to admit that, that our life on this earth is very limited. Our time is very limited. It's limited by death. It's also limited by, by, um, by the return of Christ. And that's in a very macro, looking at it in a very big picture. But then we, we, so we need to make sure we begin to manage our time. If that's true, if that's a limited resource, then what are we going to do about that? And, and so we need to begin to examine the use of our time. Now, you know, I, I don't know about you, I hope you do, but every single week I sit down and, and that's kind of my job within the family. I break down our finances. I look what we what we have coming in. I look what we have. I reconcile our checkbooks and all of that. I mean, I examine our spending. And I'll say, Wanda Sue, where did this come from? <clears throat> and so, you know, we hold each other accountable on that. I, I examine our spending. Because I want to make the best use of my money. But folks, how many times we sit down and, and, and examine our time? Have I made best use of my time? One thing about my money, I can, you know, I, I can, I, you know, if I spend it, I can make a plan and, and maybe go out and work a little bit more and, 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 and make some more money. But folks, when time gone, it's gone and I'm getting on ahead of myself. But so we need to examine the use of our time. And that's, that's the idea of redeeming the time. And then how do we do that? Again, we have to go back and to admit. And the very first thing again, and I'm, I'm looking at a more of a micro level now that, that time is limited. I talked about it is limited by death. It's limited by the return of Christ. But even, even every day, our time is limited. I, I mean, time is broken down into segments. There's 60 seconds in a minute. You know, there's 60 minutes in, a, in an hour. There's 24 hours in the day. We all have the very same amount of time limited, given to us. It's not like like, um, John, you have more time given to you than me. I mean, we had the same amount of time. And, and, and it's limited by, by, the, by the rising of the sun and the setting, you know, of the sun. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked about that when, when, when Jesus was um, heard the news of, of, of Lazarus dying, and he waited four days because he, he was wanting to show the glory of God. And Lazarus had died, and they'd come and, and said that Lazarus died. Now Jesus says, okay, it's time for us to go. But there were people back in, in that territory who wanting to kill Jesus. And the apostles said, I don't know about this, Jesus. Shouldn't we wait a little bit? They're, they're wanting to kill you down there. But you know what? Jesus made a very interesting observation on time. He says, you know, there's only 12 hours of the day. And basically says, you, you need to go while it's still, the day's still shining. You don't need to wait till the night. You know, what, you know, what's that old farmer saying? You need to make hay while the sun shines, you know? Because it's limited. And so when, when you have the opportunity and there's only 12 hours in the day, you need to make, make the use of that 12 hours, make the best use of that 12 hours of the day. And so, and Jesus says, right now it's time for us to go. And I don't need to wait till tonight. We, we need to go right now. So Jesus used this idea of you can't procrastinate. You need to go when you have the opportunity to go. And, and, and so time is limited. And so when you have the opportunity, then you need to use that opportunity because that opportunity will pass you very, very soon. 
And that's in a very micro level, you know, that we need to break it down day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, that am I making the best use of my time right now? Am I making the best use of my time today? Am I using, making the best use of my time during this week? Because, because it's all limited, and we all have the same amount. But let me just work through this quickly because there, there's several things that also, but also that um, not only is time limited, but also time is irreplaceable. Time is, is one part of our, our substance and one thing that God gives us that, that is irreplaceable. We, we don't get that back, folks. Now again, if, if, I, if I'm a bad manager of my money and I make a bad deal, then I can work around and, and, and try to make another deal to, to replace that money and put it back in my account. Folks, I can't do that with time. Because every time that clock ticks, I'll never get that back. And, and that can't be replaced. There's no way that I can, I can replace that. Benjamin Franklin, I just, you know, I, I love his quotes. He says, you know, lost time is never found again. I can't get that moment back. I can't get that opportunity back, folks. That is, that is, that's yesterday. And with the same idea of that, and some of these kind of sound much the same, and they probably, but, but, but also time is short, it's limited, and it's constantly passing. Folks, time's a river. It's not like a lake where you just go out there and you sit. and you, you, It's a river. It's constantly taking you on life's journey. It's constantly passing. Once you pass that curve in the river, you're not, never coming back to that curve in the river. Now, once you pass that beautiful tree, you're never going to see that tree again because time is taking you down the river. And it's constantly, constantly passing. James describes it as a vapor. James 4.14 says, For what is your life, even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away? I, I took a lot of a beautiful picture. I mean, I took some pictures uh, the, right at when, when, when the time of Mr. Ralph's passing. It had come a lot of rain during that time, and I'd walked outside. I was, I was, I was making friends with my granddaughter, you know, um, and uh, she didn't want to have anything to do with, 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 with Grandpa unless he took her outside. Then I became her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and so we became best friends. I'd taken her outside, and after it had rained, there was absolutely probably the most defined, stunning rainbow that I've ever saw. It was on the east. And boy, I had my iPhone, and I began to take pictures of that because I knew that that, that rainbow was not going to be there very long. The weather was going to change. That rainbow would be gone, and it would just vanish away. And I wanted to be able to capture that moment so I could remember that. By but Folks, that's how life is that it's constantly passing by. You know, there was a great, great philosopher. His name was Dr. Zeus. And this is what he said. He said, how did it get late so soon? It's night before it's afternoon. December is here before it's June. My goodness, how the time has flown. How did it get late so soon? I think there's a lot of us within our lives, we get into a point of our lives, we think, where did it all go? How did I get this age? How did I get 57? 
I talked to a group last night and was, was sharing about some struggles I had in my life. And I even, you know, he said, you know, it was like um, I was having a midlife crisis. Folks, I'm past midlife. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a post, I was, I was having a post midlife crisis. It's hard to see that. Where did it all go? You know, where did those little girls go with bows in their hairs, folks? They're all grown women now with children of their own. See, that's the same way with life is passing. Parents, you only have one shot with your children. They're only going to be babies for a short period of time. They're only going to be toddlers for a short period of time. They're only going to be teenagers for a short period of time. And what you sow into them now is what's going to make them in the future. Because time is short and it's constantly passing. Because you look up one day and that last child is driving out the driveway and they're gone. And you enter into a different part of your life. And, and, um, and so, where did, boy how time has flown. Also, Paul says because you, we need to examine the time because the days are evil. Why did he say that? Why, why did he say redeeming the time because the days are evil? Because Paul was wanting to remind us that we live in a, in a, in a broken world out there. And God has placed us here. He's, if we're to walk as children of the light, just think about this concept that Jesus Christ says that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the world. He has, he has, he has redeemed us and saved us and made us his children, but he didn't snatch us out. He left us in this broken world. And, 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 and he wants us to make a difference with the time that he's given us to be the salt and the light within this broken world. And because it's a broken world, the time is, is limited. We don't know when Jesus has come again. We don't know when di- death may creep up on us and, of, of disease or, or infection or, uh, you know, or pneumonia. You just don't know. And because we live in a work, broken world, there is that reality that, that, that our time is limited because God did not, God created us to live forever. But because we live in a, a broken world, that, that time is limited. And also, from, 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 from that standpoint, but, but it's also limited us for, to be the light and the salt of the world. God has a purpose and a plan for you and me, and that's to make a difference within a broken world. The days are evil. And am I making a difference? I, I don't know about you, but that's something that, that, that brings great conviction upon my soul, that I want to be able to think that one day when I'm in the, when I'm in the, in the, in the cask, when I'm in the grave, I, I want to think that because I passed this way, I made a little bit of difference out there. I, I don't know, that, that, is a, that is a thought that has just consumed me throughout my life, God, I want to be a difference maker for the kingdom of God. I want to know because I passed this way that someone else's life has changed or the community's been made a little bit better or, or you know, that God's used me for the kingdom of God. Because the days are evil and I, I want to make a difference. And the thing about it is God, when he says that you're the light of the world or you're the salt of the world, he's telling every one of us that we are change agents. He's placed us within a broken and an evil world so that we can change it by bringing light and we can change it by bringing salt. And so therefore I need to examine my time because I only have a short time within this world. 
The days are evil. Also, another, just to me, a profound thought is I need to examine the use of my time because time prepares us for eternity. Now, when I was a, a teenager, I think it was really as a teenager, this, this thought just, just came into my life. And I, I'm a real simplistic thinker, and I have to have images, you know. I, just, I have to have things drawn out for me. <clears throat> but somehow, within my, you know, my little teenage mind, I, I, maybe, maybe that was because we were in school, and, and that, there's a great word that every kid loves, it's in, infinity. Maybe I saw why I liked I like Toy Story so much, from here to infinity, you know, because it's just that concept of, of, of infinity. Well, folks, eternity is infinity. And when you begin to think of infinity, you think about a line that has an arrow on one end and a line that has an arrow on the other end, and it doesn't stop either way. So how do you measure eternity? You don't. But so somehow God made me think that, that my life, what if I lived to be as old as my mom, 90 years old? Folks, that wouldn't even be a dot on the line of eternity. And the decisions I make in that dot, that's not even a dot, will determine how I spend eternity out there. Now, that's pretty profound. So all of us have, you know, probably at the best, if, you know, there may be somebody here that lives to be 100 years old. I hope I don't. But even if I live to be 100 years old, the decisions you make within those 100 years, which is not even a dot on the line of eternity, is going to determine your eternity. So I would think then that I need to make sure I I use those 100 years the best I can because the decisions I'm making now is going to affect my eternity. That's pretty profound, isn't it, for a teenager to go, you know, think about that? Sometimes a lot of us adults haven't even don't have a clue. See, time prepares us for eternity. The decisions you're making right now is going to affect your eternity. So we need to make the best use of our time that's been given to us. Because this life is the only time that you'll ever have, because once you step out of this life, you step into eternity where there is no time. Also, you're accountable to God for your time. We're all going to stand before God one time, and we're going to have to give an account of the time that he's given us. You know, the sad thing is, is, is some people do more, do more good in nine. They may only live like nine years than, than someone did for 90 years. Because the Bible teaches us in Romans 14, 12, so then each one of you shall give an account of himself to God. That's pretty scary, isn't it? We're all going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account of our, our time. And then the final thing there is, is, is just time is our most valuable possession. Because God has given us the gift of time to make those decisions that's going to affect us for eternity. And um, Carl Stanberg says, time is the most valuable coin in your life. You and you alone will determine how that coin will be spent. Can't blame anybody else. So he says, be careful that you do not let other people Spend it for you. Hmm. So let me just move very quickly and I'll close. How do I do that? These are important points. You want to come to me, I'll talk to you. I'd love to talk to you. You need to prioritize the use of your time. And how do I do that? First of all, you need to determine God's purpose and plan for your life. You can't live somebody else's life. You've got to live, live your life. <coughs> Years ago, I, 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 
I was at a meeting that I didn't have because my life was out of control because everybody else was spending the coins of my time. And I went down to a, a brotherhood meeting down at Lake Yale and, and thinking, I don't have the time for this, but it was a divine appointment. There was a little old guy with a squeaky voice. His name was Fred Roach. How about a name? But he was, a, he, he, was, he, was, he was one of the great home builders in Miami later to go to and was the president of the largest home builder in, in Texas. I mean, pretty high figure was the president of the Chamber of Commerce in Miami, and he was there to teach to us 2,000 men about prioritizing our time. But, you know, it's one of those moments that it, there might have been 2,000 guys that were there that it was just like it was him and me. And he began to speak about prioritizing our time, knowing God's purpose. He says, you know what, I'm a, I'm a guy that because of my position that everybody wants a little bit of my time. And he says, you know, they come and ask me all the time. And he says, sometimes very, very good things. But he says, I realized a long time ago, I need to find out what God wants for me. You know, and he says, you know, first of all, I'm a family man. But he's also, I'm a Sunday school teacher. And he says, I don't mind to admit, I'm a good Sunday school teacher. And he says, and, and those are the two most important things in my life, my family and my Sunday school, and then come to my business. And so he says, I make sure I prioritize that nothing gets in the way of me from being a dad and a husband and from being a good Sunday school teacher. And so all these things that are very good things, they're not the best thing for me. So as a matter of fact, a lot of the good things that I, that's very easy for me to say yes to, if, if, if that's not for me, then I'm stepping in somebody else's way, that it's really their responsibility. Man, that revolutionized my life, is I need to begin to prioritize what God has for me. I, began, I came home and literally began to write resignation letter after resignation letter. And I mean, I'll get to that. But also, we need to d- d- distinguish the important from the urgent. Folks, most of us are driven by the tyranny of the urgent. That, 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 that everything we, we think has to be done right now. There's a long statement that I, that, that I read, but I mean that I, I'm not reading that. But what it talks about today with more information, more information, more information, you think that you, you know, this, is, this was written even before emails and everything. We have to have all this information. I have to spend all this time looking, you know, looking on the internet. I've, I've got my, I've got my smartphone. I've got my tablet. I've got my computer. I'm reading CNN. I'm, I'm, I'm reading Drudge Report, and I'm finding out all the news that's going on in the world. I'm getting these emails from people that I don't even know. You know, I pretend to be friends with people that that claim they love me, and they're just trying to get their friend account, you know, numbers on up. And I'm getting all this information, and it doesn't matter one bit. It doesn't matter one bit. And, and, and so what, what I feel that if, you know, if I'm not spending my time on Facebook or I'm not spending my time, you know, reading all the current news or reading all the blogs, you know, everybody, like, yeah, that's a big thing. Everybody has their blog and we have to follow all these bloggers. And all they're doing is, is just trying to, to, to see how many people is going to follow them. And, and we, we, we think that we have to do that. And that's all urgent stuff because we want more information. But, but folks, the, the paradox is, we don't need more information. We've already got enough already. That's almost a paradox about Bible study that, that, that we get ourselves in. I got to learn more and more about God. The problem is you already got need, know more than you probably need to know. You need to just go out and start doing it. We need to maybe start getting out of the Bible studies and getting to the, you know, and, and, and I'm not diminishing the importance of Bible study. But folks, if, if, you're, if it's just to gather information and you're not using it, then you are wasting your time. Because if you're too busy for people out there, you're too busy. If you're too busy, 
in your, that you can't spend time with God in prayer, then you're too busy. All the information on Facebook and the Internet and people acting, saying crazy things and all of that, that's just, that's just nonsense. And we get caught up with the tyranny of the urgent thinking this is important. See, we've, we're confusing what's important with things that we feel are urgent. And I, boy, I, I, I could go on. We, we, could, we could have a, uh, just a study about that. But also, we need to remove those things that are robbing you of the best use of your time. I, I told you when I came back from that, when I came back from that um, meeting I went to, I sat, come back and I sat down and on that Monday morning, I began to evaluate. I, I worked with RA boys, that's Royal Ambassador boys, and I also I was a Sunday school teacher at that time. Me and I, I love my, you know, which I had my job, but I was on the nominating committee. I was on the finance committee. I was on the D. I was on all these committees at church. I began to start. And I was, I was a, pre, I was a president of the Chamber of Commerce in, in, in Baker County at that time. And on some type of works thing in, in, in Jackson, I sit down and begin to write resignation letters. And people began to call me, well, Johnny, what's wrong? You know, is there a process? No, there's nothing wrong. I mean, not that these things aren't good, but they're not the best for me. Folks, it set me free. It began to make, allow me to spend time with my family. It began to allow me to, to, to do Sunday school like I like to do Sunday school and work with RA boys like I like to be, work with RA's boys and let somebody else do that stuff. I think there's a lot of people that sit here today that need to write, start writing a lot of resignation letters. You've got so busy on urgent things that you're not doing the important things, and um, you need to, you know, you not, you, you may need to, you may, you, you may need to sit down and write the television a a um, a resignation letter. I am resigning from watching you. Or you may need to write Facebook a resignation letter. Or you may need to write a... You, so there's a lot of us that would help us a lot if we went back and, and, and <coughs> threw away our... Gosh, what if we... I'm, I'm saying taking our smartphone and just getting us one that all we can do is just call on. Wouldn't that be novel? Even more novel than that, I got a brother that lives just fine and he don't even own a cell phone. And... Things that, we, that consume us that we have to have, that if we just start writing resignation letters, or some of you that's, that's working in positions, um, you don't need to be working in because that's not what God wants for you. And, and some of those things are keeping you from doing the best things within your life. And folks, I'm telling you, the church can rob you of some of that. And not that we do it intentionally because what happens in the church, we go to the people that will say yes. Why is it so hard to say no? I'll talk to that in just a second. And because of that, you need, to guard, you need to cautiously guard your time. Why is it so You need to learn to say no. Why is it so hard to say no? Because first of all, we like to please people. We don't want to disappoint people. And sometimes we get on an ego trip that somebody would come and ask us to do something for them. That makes us feel good and powerful because we, we all like to feel needed out there. And sometimes we may sincerely want to help out in a situation, but, but folks, if that's not what God wants us to do, it doesn't matter how sincere we are. We need to find out what God wants me to do, what God wants Baxley to do, and then focus on that. You can't do it all, folks, and God does not intend you to do it all. 
He's given you just a certain amount of time. He's given you a purpose and a call in his life, and you need to stop, and you, you, need, and you need to guard, cautiously guard that time because everyone wants a little bit of you. And then finally, you need to constantly ask, am I using my time for the glory of God? Paul writes, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Teenagers, you're sitting there flipping through Facebook. Are you doing that for the glory of God? Oop, not teenagers, adults. Adults, when you're sitting there writing stupid things on Facebook or Twitter, you're telling me that your belly hurts. I don't want to know that your belly hurts. Or somebody was mean to you at McDonald's. Well, grow up. We live, yeah. Paul says we live in an evil world. I don't want to hear that stuff. Are you doing that for the glory of God? Or are you doing that just because you want to, to make a name for yourself out there? You know, you're gathering all this information. Or, you know, are you doing that for the glory of God? Or, you know, you're in your deep, deep Bible study so you can learn more about. Are you doing that for his glory? Or are you doing that because of vanity? You just want to know more than other people out there. And folks, that's where the rubber meets the road. Because what's more valuable than going down to the nursing home that you hadn't had time to do and just sitting down with a person that hadn't had anybody visit them in two weeks? You see... I know after my mom passed, I was just having one of the moments, and I was just thinking of all those things. And man, I should have been reading the Bible to bore to her. Her just spending time holding her hands. Folks, those times are gone. For that aunt that ministered to me so much, and I always intended to write that letter, but I never got around to writing that letter. I was too busy watching TV, playing ball. You see, you have to cut down the, the urgent things and get to the important things, the things that's going to make a difference for eternity. What glorifies God more than when we are using that time that he's given us by ministering to people, by fulfilling the purposes that he has? Sometimes rest is part of the glory of God because Jesus went out and he had to rest. It's, you know, and, and to be honest, that's an issue that I have. I have a real problem with resting. I let all these things, I find myself doing wasteful things at midnight where I should be in my bed resting and rejuvenating my body so I should go out. So I'll be ready tomorrow. I think there's a lot of other people that are like that. So I think that we have to agree that if we're to walk in the light as the children of the light, we need to be use this matter of time that God has given us. And I'll close out by saying this. There's some of you today that's, that's never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's people here today that couldn't say to me, Pastor, if I died today, I'm assured that I'd go to heaven. Let me tell you, friends, your time's limited. It's limited by, I mean, death. You know what? I've, I've, I've buried people... Uh, hundred years old, and I, I've, I've, I've buried babies, teenagers. We don't know. 
or Jesus could come back. And what you do in this time will affect your eternity. And if you're here today and God's given you the gift of time and you hear in the gospel that, that, that Jesus has died for your sins and you can only have your sins forgiven by, through his work and not yours, you need to do something about that. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You need to receive that gift. You know what the Bible says? And, you know, think about, as I'm talking about time, what did the Bible say about the day of salvation? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Because if you've got the time, you better receive it. I'm asking you today to receive salvation. I'm asking you today to come and say, Pastor, I need to talk to someone about my salvation. This is serious stuff. God's given me the time, and I need to do something about it. I'm inviting you to come. But I'm also inviting Christians here today. I believe that this, this, this redeeming of the time, I think it spoke to I think there's a lot of time wasters here. We may need to come to the altar and say, God, I want to make the best use of my time. The greatest commodity that you've given me. God, let me do it. Let me use my time for your glory. Let's pray. Father God, we love you, Lord. And God, there's so many more things I could have said, but, but I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you just move. God, I want, I want to be better at that. I want to be better, Lord, just use the time to be able to talk to my wife, to pick up the phone and call my children, to, to, to minister to those who are hurting. And God, I just pray that as a body that we can be faithful that we can redeem the time. God, if there's someone here today in need of salvation, today that they'll redeem the time, today they'll come to Jesus Christ. So God, we, we present these things to you, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey, can, may I ask, has God spoken to you today? <laughs> I could, I, I, every place I turn, I just, there's just more and more and more. I believe God's speaking to a lot of hearts today. I believe there's some people that need to do a better job of redeeming the time. You may need to just come and make a fresh commitment. God, I'm going to do a better job of redeeming the time. You may be here today and you realize God has given you this day because to be saved. And I'm going to ask you to come and say, Pastor, put me with somebody to, to, to show me how to be saved. Or just cry out where you are. Redeem the time. Redeem this moment. This is why this moment all are so important because... If God is convicting you right now, then redeem the time. You make the most of the time God's given you. If Holy Spirit spoke to you, I invite you to, to stand as our, our, our team leads us. And I'm just asking you now to redeem the time. The altar's open, my friend.